Hi again, folks, and welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Investment Property Podcast. I'm your host, Zivna Kajimam, again. We've noticed that more and more of you have been subscribing to the podcast, downloading or streaming these episodes, which we're obviously very pleased with here. Tells us that you find the content to be of value to you, which is really what it's all about. So thank you for that. We've also started receiving quite a few questions and requests for more information on various topics, which we're going to happily comply with in future episodes. But before all that, um, in the last uh, couple of episodes, we started to break down the investment process into its various phases. We've covered local representation, we touched a bit on the initial phases of deal evaluation, and we've stressed out the importance of first contact and relationship building with local professionals. Assuming you've been following these guidelines, you will most likely come across a potential deal sooner or later. Something that ticks all of your interest boxes and that you're comfortable to start digging more deeply into. Now, as we've mentioned in the past, the market here moves very quickly. Uh, what this means is that you're not going to be able to conduct full due diligence before making your offer. Simply because if the deal is indeed attractive, it will be gone in a matter of days, if not hours simply due to the sheer size and speed of this market. Now, of course, you don't want to commit to anything before doing your complete research and satisfying yourself that the property satisfies all of your requirements. But if you recall, we also mentioned that you don't want to, to be perceived as a tire kicker, because if that happens, you're simply not going to be receiving any more potential deals from that particular realtor, and your relationship will them, uh, with them will be burned. So what can you do? Well, you make an offer to get your foot in the door, to move you to the top of the queue, and to get the realtor to start providing you with the due diligence info that you do need. But you pen that offer on the results of said due diligence research that you're going to conduct. How do you do that? Well, first, the mechanics of making an offer. Uh, each property agency will have their own application forms that they'll want you to use. And as bizarre it may sound, you'll often be expected to fill in these forms and fax them. That's right, I said fax back to the agent. Um, we've explained here previously that the Japanese are crazy about paper, physical paper. And for some reason, they're also not very fond of computers. Uh, the PC revolution seems to have skipped a few beats here and people moved straight from paper to mobile phones. In fact, many of them don't actually have a PC or an internet connection at home. They access the internet only from their mobile phones. So yes, in many cases, you'll actually have to print, fill in, and fax the application forms to the agency. Now, if you don't have a fax machine handy, which is most of us in this day and age, there are plenty of free fax services online that enable you to upload a scanned document, specify a fax number, and have it faxed to the destination of your choice. So what do you put on that application form? Well, the actual details vary slightly depending on the type of property you're applying for. We're going to use the most common example here in Japan, which is a single unit in a condominium block. Most forms would include the following. Firstly, the price that you're willing to pay for the property. Generally speaking, negotiations of up to 10 or 15% below the asking price are acceptable. Although for top locations or for especially attractive deals, they most likely won't be accepted um, simply because the seller knows that they'll get their asking price if they just wait a bit longer. There are, however, some features of a property that make it especially viable for potential negotiation. Uh, first floor unit, for example, which in Japan means ground floor. 
and these are notoriously unpopular with single female tenants due to security concerns third floor or above in buildings which don't have an elevator similarly not popular with the elderly also less than ideal for just about anyone else older buildings that have been built before 1981 which is when the latest earthquake resistant building standards were introduced um, buildings that are at a distance of more than 10 minutes walking to the nearest train or subway station which is considered less than perfectly convenient these points and others like them are good negotiation points just make sure that you write the reason next to the discounted price you're offering for the property next you'll be asked to specify how much you'll pay as a non-refundable deposit when signing the purchase contract traditionally that's 10 percent but you can offer 15 or 20 percent if you want your offer to stand out this is not a bad tactic if you're going for a discounted price or if the agent disclosed to you that the seller is liquidating because they're pressed for cash you'll also need to fill in the suggested date of settlement naturally the earlier the better just bear in mind that if you're not in japan the documents you'll need to get signed and witnessed will most likely take longer to go back and forth so in this case you should allow at least four weeks preferably six to settlement just to make sure that the documents are ready now you, next is your funding are you paying cash or are you financing the purchase through a bank or other form of mortgage loan if you're a non-resident foreigner you're most likely going to be purchasing in cash which is a big advantage so sellers would always prefer to sell to a cash buyer simply because there's no fear of any last minute cancellations because the bank hasn't approved the loan so if you're paying cash make sure you do put that in and lastly there's a general terms and conditions clause now this is the most important part of the application form and this is where you'll want to make it clear that your offer is pending on due diligence information in the case of a unit in a condo block this means that the buildings and units renovation history and that the building's future renovation plans as published by the building management company and as well as the status of the sink funds reserve pool which is known here as the accumulated funds pool correlate and of course if the unit is tenanted on its tenancy history as well writing all of this down means that if any of the due diligence info you will be receiving is less than satisfactory you will be able to pull back your offer with legitimate cause which means that your relationship with the listing realtor will be preserved and they'll keep on forwarding potential deals to you now lastly you'll need to put in your contact details that should be your local japanese rep which as we've covered previously will be handling all of your third-party contacts on your behalf make sure that whichever agreement you have with this local representative there's a japanese translation of it available for the realtor to view if and when they ask for it once you've submitted this offer and it's been accepted or rejected because the seller refused to negotiate you then resubmit at a higher price and it's then accepted you'll start receiving the due diligence info some of it may be in the form of emails or phone conversations at first so just jot the information down and make sure to confirm all of it once you sit down to sign the purchase contract later on now with this due diligence you want to ensure the following one that there is a correlation between the building's renovation history and the amount in the sink fund reserve pool basically if the building's been well maintained and renovated throughout the years meaning larger items like the exterior the roof have all been done in the last decade or so then it's okay for the reserve pool to be low on funds because there isn't a big risk of a large renovation becoming necessary in the near future at least 
It's also okay if these big items haven't been done in the last decade, as long as the reserve pool has enough funds to cover them. These big renovations need to be done every 10 or 15 years on average, depending on the age of the building. So you want to make sure that if they haven't been done, the, the reserve fund pool has enough in it to pay for them. Otherwise, owners will be asked to pay off uh, uh, one-off one lump sum for the renovation or building management will take out a loan, which might mean that monthly building fees will be substantially raised to cover for the loan payments. In both cases, your yield will drop as a result of uh, these payments. So if the renovation history and the reserve fund pool status do not correlate, meaning if the funds pool is depleted without any recent large renovations to justify it, the deal could be quite risky. There also could be some mismanagement of funds going on. So you want to either reconsider the deal altogether or at the very least ask for a larger discount on the purchase price to cover you for any potential real reductions down the track. Next, if the unit is tenanted, you want to make sure that the tenant's been in place for as long as possible or at the very least that they're of a reliable profile. In Japan, generally speaking, the best possible tenants are single females over 30, simply because, unfortunately, they don't tend to get married, promoted, move around much beyond this age here, as sad as it sounds. Um, elderly retirees, good tenants as well, full-time employees of medium and large companies. Again, all of these types of tenants don't tend to move around much as a rule, so they're quite stable. Other tenant profiles, uh, part-time staffers, small business employees, um, sole traders, like one-man show business owners, like food stall owners and so forth, or anyone who's young and unemployed for any reason, these are less than ideal. You'll also want to make sure that the tenant has reasonable securities. The best is, of course, a security deposit, one or two months rents at least, um, or rent insurance, which covers up to three months of delinquent rents or the equivalent in damages of the property. At the very least, you'll want to make sure that they have uh, reasonable personal guarantors. The best personal guarantors are employers. Uh, family members are okay too, as long as they're not too old. You want these guys to be around in case they need to be called upon. In Japan, the fear of public shaming and, and the, the need to do the right thing by everyone usually means that personal guarantors will do their best to fulfill their obligations, but of course, not all of them will have the means to do that. So this type of tenant security is obviously less than ideal. Assuming all of the above checks out okay, you can hopefully greenlight the deal and move on to the purchase itself, which we're going to cover in our next episode. And until then, happy investing.